Where do I get sex toys? The answer is discreetadultlife.com. D-I-S-K-R-E-T, adultlife.com. All right. So what's so great about it? They hand select products for you so, so you don't so get overwhelmed. For the indecisive out there, you don't have to go to a superstore and be like, oh my God, what do I get? The Benoit balls, the anal beads, you know, which type of anal? There's right, 400 get, different types of anal beads. You get the idea. But I got to tell you something. This is approved by me because I have looked at the website and I've... My mother is in love with this website. I personally own 50% of the products already. Their whole thing is that they want to take pleasure very seriously. So you can expect that the toys that you get from this website are going to be really high quality. They're going to last you a long time. Here's the best part. They're willing to price match any of the major retailers. And you get 15% off when you mention promo code MOM at checkout. This is, this is going to be the cheapest place for you to buy sex it's toys. It's called Discreet. But it's spelled the German way. D-I-S-K-R-E-T. Adultlife.com. Enter promo code MOM for 15% off. Booyah! I think I've heard my mom talk about her sex life to me like three times. As far as I know, they've had sex four times and it resulted in four children. My parents are openly talking about it all the time. It's disgusting. Welcome to Sex Talk with my mom. I'm Cam Potter. And I'm Karen Lee Potter. My mother is a self-proclaimed sex expert and cougar. I like to call myself a cougar consultant. No, why? What is that? It's, it's just the way I have decided. I, I have a new terminology for myself. One that... You consult cougars? I, no, I consult people. People who and, want cougars. Yeah, basically, yes. And my, You're a cub consultant. I'm a cub. Yes, I guess it would be called a cub consultant. How do you like that? But and then I'm here with my son, who's a stand-up comic, a mime, and a clown. And today's episode is all about clown sex. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get more exciting than we that. We have an incredible episode coming up. It is with Sonny Megatron and Ken Melvoinberg, who are the co-hosts of the American Sex Podcast. These two are unbelievable. First of all, they're hilarious. Second of all, they're outrageous. They are outrageous. They are sexuality educators and edutainers specializing in BDSM, alt sexuality, and couples play. Their and parents, yes. they're extremely open with their children, just like we are. They've had a show on Showtime called Sex with Sonny Megatron. Uh, they're, they're just full of knowledge. And this, this episode, I think you're going to learn... A, I mean, it's basically take two of the most vanilla people... That, sexually that would be us that would be us <laughs> and stick them in a room with two of the most advanced and in, in, in sexually knowledgeable people in fat uh, life. Is, about fetishes and bdsm and and they have a conversation okay it's just like the it's it can it's actually extremely entertaining because of that dichotomy yeah it is it is a dichotomy and also you never know in these situations because you know when people have such different uh, lifestyles you don't know if they're going to be like staunch like proponents of that lifestyle and like exclude like not be understanding of the other and i I felt like this was a very wonderful conversation where everyone came together to share perspectives and and develop a new understanding of what where they're coming from totally and it was just so interesting to me their marriage they're married this, this couple and how open they are and how how well they communicate and because they're also, I, th- I think they identify as poly. They're poly, but it's, polyamorous. It's, 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 it's even... Oh, maybe not polyamorous, maybe non-monogamous. I, it, it, there's no label for them because... Oh, it's, it's just it, It's just unbelievable to hear this. And I'm so excited for everyone to hear what went on here. Totally, You're going to totally learn pumped. so much about what is actual... Po- it, it, po- and they it, started with clown sex. Anyway, I don't want to ruin the whole episode, but basically it's BDSM... 101, 201, and 301, all in this episode. You guys are going to love it. Stay tuned. Wait, 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 wait. A what? little housekeeping. Oh, okay. We have we, we love when you guys leave us reviews. It's it's a phenomenal way to support us. It means so much to us. Cam Don't... gets a huge boner. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm getting ready for the, the upcoming episode. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, uh, this week, we want to highlight one of our reviewers. This is by... Great Big Gale 29 from Canada, all the way from Canada. How do you like that? That is so cool. The the subject line of this review on the iTunes store is life-changing, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. I think there's seven exclamations here. And it's a very, very lengthy uh, review, which we love. We need to paraphrase just to get to this episode. Basically, this person said she she enjoyed two uh, sex podcasts. One was Dr. Drew 
uh, and I love being lumped one with into, Dr. Drew. I like, love being lumped into that category. Well, they lost one of their co-hosts. She lost interest. So then she she felt this void, and finally she found us. And she said, I have to admit the first few episodes are awkward, but wow, do they ever get right into it quick from comedy to gays to Cam coming to Karen giving out her scat caviar <laughs> to orgasms on air. I downloaded it to listen to one episode per day while at work, and I found myself five days later through 40 episodes, and I have my wife listening and my friends. Anyways... I want to thank you guys and everyone else who must listen to this podcast. It's like no other. And if you don't like it, blame Cam. Ha ha. <laughs> the fuck? Thanks, Alan. Oh, it's not a girl. It's a guy. You didn't get that? He said he has his wife listening to it. Well, it could be a lesbian. Good look point. at you. Oh, yeah. Look at Look me. at you jumping to conclusions putting over here. Putting people in boxes. Well. I, I, I actually was putting people in a box because this person's username, this handle was Great Big Gale. <laughs> oh, no. It's not Great Big Gale. It's Great Big Al, 29. Alan, okay. of course. You've got your glasses on right now. I'm a dingus. Anyway. Uh, dingus. It, <laughs> please enjoy this. Oh, you want to plug our, our Patreon? Of course I want to plug your, our Patreon. We just got more patrons, one being Paul. Well, this episode is going to air in several weeks. So that was not necessary to do. Okay. okay, but anyway, anyway we, we will shout. We'll, we'll give him two Paul, shout outs. Paul. How about that? And a big smooch. And we will shout out all our future patrons. So if you want to have a little shout out from us here and on Instagram and on our Patreon page, please join us on patreon.com slash sex talk with my mom. It's a way you can support us and put food on especially Cam's table because he's a starving artist clown. Thank you for lumping me into that category. Also, I just want to let you guys know we do have a, a voicemail box where you can text us also at 323-472-4237. In this episode, we uh, acknowledge a listener question and it, it actually led to an awesome conversation. So please keep sending us your questions. And if you want more personal attention to your question, if you join us on Patreon, we will message you back and forth and you'll get very close and intimate attention from both of us all right uh we also did an, an, another interview with sonny and ken so if you enjoy this interview that we did we do a completely different one for their channel which is the american sex podcast i highly recommend checking it out both are quite risque mother it's time to sing and let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the sunnies and the bdsm guys Okay, I knew that wasn't going to go well. <laughs> We're not going to go. There's no way I'm going to go well with this one. Thank you guys for you, listening. You guys are going to love it. Sonny and Ken, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So We're excited really to have excited. you. We are so excited, excited about these two. Uh, the first time we actually heard about you was through Nina Hartley. Oh, yeah. Oh, we love Nina. She, you guys were her favorite playmates. Oh, my goodness. Aww. That's so sweet. It's, and I was, and I was like, like who you, is this I person? That, I yeah. was like, what? So let's let, let's like, like like let's delve into uh, what that means. The favorite playmates. What does that mean? Are you able to share what that means? I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't starting, think we can. Like, we don't starting have, with the boundary. We, we don't have Nina's consent. Right. So oh, right. please. I would say no. We it's, really like her. Ah. And she apparently really likes, likes us. us. And, for, and for our listeners, <laughs> Nina is a friend of mine, as you guys know, and she happens to be one of the most iconic porn stars out and there. And sex educators out there. And sex oh. educators. And a BDSM educator. Oh, yes. And yeah, and, yeah I, oh, I can just imagine what she you guys all, have done. She does all the naughty bondage stuff. Yeah. Yeah, along, we, along we with, have a, a, the naughty thing in common. Yeah. The kinky, weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, you just said shit. So you're really, you're going to lead with, with shit? That's what you're going to Yeah, we go shithole. Weird shithole. Weird shit, wh- shit I don't really have a weird shithole. Like, the, that's going to infect Nobody wants to have happen. a weird shithole. <laughs> Especially with all the ringworm infections that are going around from, from oh, uh, God. Okay, I, doing that, analingus. What? <laughs> oh, God. I don't even want to go there. We're off to a strong start. Right? Let's start with, let's start with ringworm. Like, well, let's, that's what we're leading with. Oh, well, let's just start with the, you. Who are you two? <laughs> <laughs> you guys also are educators. Yeah. In, yeah. Also into kink and BDSM. And mm-hmm. That's correct. So, and you're married. So, yes, and we're married. And we're we are married. married. So we we are sexuality educators. We are arguing is our love language. Yeah, arguing is our love. Shut up, Ken. No. <laughs> Go fuck um, yourself. <laughs> we're we're sexuality and BDSM educators. We're also lifestyle BDSM people. Um, we uh, produced and I hosted the Showtime original series Sex with Sunny Megatron. We Ooh. now have our newest endeavor is. American Sex Podcast. Which Grandma, awesome. did you almost forget the name of our I podcast? Totally, almost. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. 
We're having a senior moment, dear. But I got to tell you, that is a really cool name. Thank you. Thank you. American Sex Podcast. I also love the mission of it to like debunk all this um, sex in America. Right, right. And because we have have such, you know, such a weird perspective on sex. It's like, first, everything, sex, 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 sell, sex, sell. And then it's so puritanical at the same time. And we're just all fucked up from it. It's totally. (laughs) I I, I don't think anybody isn't. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much everybody. Are you fucked up from it? We've never had this conversation. No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you, so who do you guys when you go out and you educate people? Who, do you where do you speak usually? Oh boy, we speak at all sorts of different events. So we go internationally. the The one thing that a lot of people don't know, and this has been like not so much of a secret, but I've been a sex educator now for 22 years, and there's not many people other than Dr. Ruth that have been doing it as long as I have. Wow. How then did did Sunny come into the picture? So Sunny came into the picture as uh, my girlfriend to start off with. Like she and I hooked up. Uh, I want to think it was we, we two, met on Fat Life. Fat Life on yeah. two thousand eight, okay, two thousand nine. Go back to what Fat Life is because I mean is, we're talking pretend yeah. like we're a plain slate here. We don't know what that is. Fat Vanilla Life is AF. a social networking site. It's the largest social networking site for kinky people. I want to say now they have probably over ten million members. Yeah. It's like a kinky Facebook, so it's fatlife.com. Mm-hmm. And, Cam, and we were actually both of... very like we were we're very on top of social media. Both of us were very early users of FetLife. When you take a look at somebody's profile, if you take a look at at the top of the screen, it'll tell you what their user number is, and that will indicate as to when they joined. And oh, both wow. of us have a number under one hundred thousand. Yeah, I think which, we're forty thousand. Yeah, or like oh, forty thousand wow. yeah. or so, which is very like very early starters of Are, that particular form of social media. So when you post, is your posts like shot no, to the no, top? It doesn't, no, it doesn't no. mean shit. No. Yeah. <laughs> so we met because he commented on one of my pictures and he said nice boobs i was that and that clever. was it now that we're was... married that was, that was <laughs> yeah. really yeah that's it what a winning comment that is right guys you heard yeah, I never this was back during comments. the civil war be like my darling sunshine i really appreciate <laughs> your bosoms your, your heaving bosoms, bosoms. <laughs> and it said it's like nice tits yeah that's yeah. awesome and then okay i heard on another podcast that someone is into clown sex oh both, both of, of us. us yeah Okay, and this I'm is also... this is like this is really the okay, bottom so line. You're a clown. Right? I am a clown. A big clown. Oh, that's awesome. I study clowning. I'm, my life is very focused on clown. Yeah, I I'm the it. one who started the clown play group on FetLife, and we have quite a few members there. Unbelievable. If you, if you go to FetLife.com and look for the clown play group, there's everything from how to do balloon bondage, which is one of the courses that I've taught in <laughs> Wait, the past. What the what? The fuck is balloon bondage? It's where you take the an- the balloon animals, the uh, Qualitex number two tens, and the, the ones that you make like poodles and stuff out of, and you take them and you can do complete body mummification. So I'll do everything from like uh, completely restraining somebody with balloons to doing a waterboarding scene where we take them, we put water on them, then we throw them into a pool and they actually float because we wrap them from head to toe like the Michelin man full of balloons. Or I've made uh, combinations with people's latex outfits and made like giant peacock tails. Oh my god! Or we, You're I can very make angel wings with yeah. balloons. And you I'm, can, inc- I'm talented with everything, right? And you <laughs> can do. I do like do the confidence. Yeah. And by the way, for, again, because this is not a, a video thing. For our listeners, he has the coolest handlebar mustache too. So it kind of oh, looks like you. a like a balloony type of person. That yeah, would make it is. Balloons. A balloony type of person. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I'm a balloonatic. A balloonatic. I could see that he'd be a balloonatic. Yeah, I like that. No, but when I heard you you did clowning cam, I was like, cool, because I was not into clown sex when I met Cam, but I was actually a mime. Like no I, way. yeah, You're I, a, I, Cam I think has a boner right now. Okay, <laughs> this is like a dream. Is it a clown boner true. or a mime boner? It's a mime boner. Okay, it's silent. It's, I can't see it because okay. <laughs> otherwise it'd be going honk honk. So I did miming like in in grade school and high school as part of like an after school theater group. Where I really got into miming, and so when I met Ken on Fat Life, I saw like. You know, I tell all my girlfriends, like, I met this guy. He's really cool. We're going to go on a date. And he seems like super normal, except he's a sex clown. This is really funny. <laughs> that was weird. my nickname. You know, how, like you nickname a guy. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's, you know, that's the guy who works at the board. That's trader guy. Right. Or like, yeah. this sweater guy. guy. The sweater guy. Yeah, he was sex clown. I was sex clown. Sex clown is good. So Are I you was kidding like, me? Cam would be like, this would be my dream right? name. That's it was a little weird, though, until I did it. And then I was like, oh, my goodness, I get it. I totally. And oh, so you you were mine, but you never introduced it into the sex. Oh, yes, we did. The first scene we did. <laughs> the first, OK, oh, so the yeah. first scene we did, I was trying to 
you know, this when you was, meet someone was, new. This was one of the first three minutes right. that she actually was a submissive. So, so there was like three minutes. Three minutes of submissive? That's so, it. Yes. Yeah. Three, yeah. yeah that was so it. we're going to get on to how you guys decide who's a sub- submissive and dom and all that. Oh, okay. yeah. We'll, okay, we'll, we'll get, get into that. Okay. So, you know, when you first meet someone, you want to relate to them. Like, oh, we have this in common. So he, you know, I was like, so you're a sex clown. I'm like, I'm a mime. Oh and he was God. like... <laughs> What? Mimes and clowns I, hate each I, other. I, fucking hate I didn't know. <laughs> no, I, I didn't know about the mime clown I got into a fist. true? All right, so I was traveling around Europe at one point and I got into a fist fight with a mime just because they were going around and they're being all French and like, oh my I'm like go God. fuck you. you know I'm from Chicago, so I'm like, Go fuck yourself, mime. Oh, oh my like, God. waving his hands around oh in the air God. and I, I just went, boosh. <laughs> you right did the... get in a fist fight with a mime? Fuck yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that mime. Did the mime fight back or Yeah, he did. I kicked his ass though. Oh my god! No way! I yes, never way. knew. That never this have is, I ever gotten is... a fist fight with a mime. Yeah, that's so, unbelievable. Yeah. He antagonized I, I, me. You, you guys would kill us, and never have I ever the drinking game. Oh, oh yeah. god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when I was like, "Hey, I'm a mime," and he was like, Rah. "I was like, oh my god, I made the biggest, you know, clown faux pas." So that led <laughs> to us thinking of a scene we would do, which we ended up doing at the first dungeon party we attended together. And it, and it was pretty. I hilarious. was submissive. He was dominant. He was the clown. I was the mime. So my safe word, because I was a mime, was jazz hands. Like I just waved like, my hand. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, and, so I put that bitch into a box, and she was like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> Again, you no have to way. describe because this is a podcast. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's so, doing yeah. a mime box. Yeah, I'm mime, mime box. Yeah, yeah. Mime, mime in a box. box. I guess she made it, me do all the mime things, and it was really I'm, fun. I made her like like try to suck my dick against the wind and like all oh that sort of thing. So god. she's pretending she's in the wind or pulling out a rope and she was giving me a hand job uh, this is like, so funny and this is in front of an audience yes oh yeah oh this yeah. is hilarious oh it's Holy one of the first things hell. i did like doing clown stuff is very very taboo in a lot of ways because coolrophobia which is the fear of clowns uh is the largest fear in the world it's no like no it's public speaking no. is no coolrophobia oh i gotta challenge you on that uh, you, please do <laughs> all because do. my daughter did a project at it <laughs> maybe it's changed in in recent times maybe it's public speaking for an audience of clowns or public speaking as a clown, <laughs> as a clown you're right maybe right. that maybe it's so a combination there's, there's a huge inability though to understand what clowns are feeling when we take a look at them that fear stems uh. from uh, seeing somebody who has a smile painted on their face, but they actually may be frowning in oh, the wow. inability to read the facial expressions is where the fear comes from. That is wild. I've never heard of that. Cam is going to love to explore this later with mm-hmm. you. Yes. Okay, I could see this is going to be By like the, an ongoing discussion. I, I need to come come clean over here. I, I don't really do birthday clown stuff. Like, I don't use any of the makeup. I don't use any, like... It's more of just like the uh, the acting style of clowning. So, okay. Oh, okay. However, the school I was in for this did study mime and how do you move your body like that. And it did study uh, – in, I'm currently in a school that is studying how do you basically be as idiotic as possible. <laughs> and so that's where my and, relationship And you went throughout – where were you, in Japan, that you were doing your mime thing all over the place? Yeah, world? yeah. But I, I've never uh, combined – Clown, my clown life and my sex life see it's really i love it for a lot of reasons one like i came into this from a totally different perspective i was 35 but when i got into kink i had a very kind of stereotypical vanilla sex life kind of repress you know stereotypical american sex life and i just i found myself single at 35 decided to explore kink i worked in corporate america i wasn't a sexuality educator and I found Ken shortly after that point. But I like clowning because it was so cathartic. You know, I had all of these issues and repressions like, oh, you know, do I look stupid when I'm having sex? Do I look funny when I give a blowjob? Am I doing this right? Am I, oops, I accidentally farted. Now I'm mortified. And when I'm a clown, I could just be like, look, I farted. <laughs> and it's funny. Like, I didn't have to live up to this impossible expectation of being like super sexy and super perfect. Totally. It was great. And, you know, other people get into it because, like Ken was saying, you can play up the scary part if you're doing it for kink purposes. People who like to play with fear. In our kink, we are not your stereotypical, like what you see in the, the archetype you see in the media. Like, we're serious and we wear leather and black and bow down on your feet. We're absolutely fucking ridiculous. Oh, my God. <laughs> but we're also sadistic as hell. While being ridiculous and laughing and poking fun, and then we're like, you know, electric shocking you until you fall on the floor, or playing, you know, dirty mind fuck 
kinky practical jokes kind of that's our style of play so it really goes hand in hand with our personality so one of the more interesting things with sunny now being a top is that she's sort of my my evil co-top and she's way more sadistic than i am so one of the things we thought of at one point was like i got a wrist rocket and i'm like you know what i have a submissive i'm gonna shoot gummy bears at her and sunny's like why don't you freeze the gummy bears to make it hurt a little bit more so her job is to <laughs> do the fine tuning of the sadism oh wow you yeah okay we, we need we, we major we, we, i have a question before we i know exactly top? where you're going no 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 what's are, are we blowing your minds what you yes you are up. wait i'm so i'm still curious so it does sound like it's a gr- it's an incredible spectacle just to even think of what you guys do <laughs> but in while in this scene you guys are also being sexually aroused by all by what's going on it depends sometimes it's involving sexual arousement sometimes it's just psychosexual play that may not involve any actual sexual activities uh, sometimes it's just a form of play uh, so it depends yeah. on the person, the consent that you have with them, what they like to do. Some people just like to be spanked. I mean, there is always a sexual element to it, but that may not include any sort of penetrative sex or even having an orgasm. Mm-hmm. So when I say top or bottom, what I'm talking about is a top or a dominant is the person that does the act. The bottom or the submissive uh. is the person that has the act done to them. So if spanking is involved and a top does it, the top does the spanking and the bottom or the submissive receives the spanking. So why don't you just call them Dom and Sub? Because they're interchangeable names. Yeah. There's just, it's, uh, Dom and Sub are newer names for this sort of thing than Top and Bottom. Right. Uh, and, and I mean, and it you, comes from gay culture you, if, originally. If you're really that's into. That's what I was thinking. Right. That, that's what I thought when you said it, Top and Bottom. I right. Mean, that's what I thought. If you're really into BDSM theory, which like, you know, that's like, you know, 301 class or 301 podcast, um, they can have separate meanings. For instance, like like Ken said, if you're the top, you're the one doing. If you're the bottom, you're the one receiving. However, I could bottom in a really dominant way. I can be like, bitch, pick up that flogger and hit me with it now. Or I can be hit like, me harder. fuck me in the oh. ass. Fuck me in the ass now. Do it mm-hmm. hard. Put your strap on on and fuck me in the ass. Right. So I you're bottoming you're... in a dominant yeah. way. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Right. 301 BDSM. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> And we, and we teach classes that are that are more he advanced in BDSM. He yeah, right. yeah. We teach classes about like class right reverse now. power exchanges is what that's called. Oh, so wow. it's topping from the bottom or being a service top is the other thing. So like many times, even though I might intend on doing something very sadistic, I turn into a Jewish grandmother at the point where I accidentally <laughs> take a whip and I hit somebody in the wrong place. I'm like, oh, honey, let me feed you. Are you okay? Like, give me, like, let me, like, just pat it down and make it all right. And I, I don't mean to do that. Like, if I'm, you know, I, and, and I don't mind flaying somebody's skin open if that's what they want and that's what was intended. But if I do it on accident, I feel awful about it. Uh, and I do everything that I can to cater to my submissives. I do what I can to make them happy. And I love giving them new experiences. That's my, if I have a kink or fetish besides clown stuff, it's giving people first time or new experiences that they can enjoy. Wow. So, I mean, I'm totally fascinated because a lot of what you're saying is right in line with all the stuff I, I learned in acting school. Like status play is something you need to learn for improv to know, like, right. how are you in relation to the other person in your scene? I mean, even the way you're described, they're, they're called scenes. They're, right. They're, yeah. You're literally acting. It, it very it is. much is. There's there's an element to improv that's definitely, you know, yes and, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yes, there's consent. You can say no, but it's more fun when it's yes and. And you're building and maybe you've planned a scene out, which you should plan a scene out. But there are always going to be spontaneous elements that come and you kind of have to roll with what's going on. There's also, as Ken said, elements of play. When we when we teach our BDSM classes, there is there aren't a lot of studies on BDSM. In recent years, there have been like some actual formal studies about BDSM, which is really cool, but we have to source from different disciplines. So there is the neuroscience of play Mm. and why play is important, not only just for, you know, little kids growing up, you learn how to be an adult, you're trying on new roles, yada, yada, but play is really important for adults too. That's how we learn to adapt with our environment. That's how we get relaxation. There's all sorts of things. So if you overlay the neuroscience of play onto kink play, it's like, oh my goodness, we're getting the same thing out of this that someone might really enjoy taking their Tuesday evening improv class or going to their Wednesday evening Dungeons and Dragons game. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing. It's just a different method to get the same, you know, n- neurochemicals and, and the same benefits. I got to ask you, Cam. So, now that you found out about this, is this something that intrigues you to get involved with? Or are you 
hesitant in any way. Well, I'm still curious about the sexual component to this. That's what I mean. Well, like, it, I don't. I can't really see myself getting so aroused. Let and me, that's let okay. Me, well, let like, me give you a hypothetical example. So, when you were a little kid, you might have played cops and robbers before. Mm-hmm. Did you have one particular role that you liked more than another? Did you want to be the cop or the robber, or did you like doing both? He was probably reading Deepak Chopra at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't remember that. I can tell you now. In my current sex, I prefer. I probably prefer being on the dominant side because okay. during the day I'm usually on the submissive side more. And, and that makes sense. So a lot of people that are like running a big corporation, they want to be submissive. Yeah, that's, that's me. I'm, a, I'm yeah. all into the sub. I'm not into so the So I like doing all. a little bit of both. Primarily I'm dominant. But like just last week, one of the things that we did to make our play and our sex fun is that uh, I, ha- I asked Sonny to dress up like Faye Dunaway in Mommy Dearest and I was Cantina. <laughs> Uh, and so I like, and she wasn't mad at me. She was mad at the dirt, right. by the way. So I put on a blonde what? wig. No more wire hangers get Stina. Yes, mommy dearest. Oh my God. Oh my so that's, God. If you take a look at my Facebook photo, that's her. You can see the really severe eyebrows and her dressed up and she beat me with a wire hanger. And oh. then I went down on her and then we had like all sorts of good sex and it was ramped up because we did this role play of mommy dearest and christina which is a little weird and kind of incesty but it is what not it is. for so, real but not so for it's real. fantasy obviously, so obviously it's we're okay. not related it's fantasy so it was fine there's totally. there's a great bdsm educator and her name is midori and her description of what bdsm or kink is totally hits home for me she says that um bdsm is childhood play with adult privilege and better toys oh wow and that's exactly what it is and you know you were saying the sexual element i know you know, just playing with Ken and observing Ken, you probably get more of the sexual element out of it than I do, but more at the end. Like you still do the psycho, oh, sure. you know, the the psychological stuff, and then at the end, it's like, okay, blowjob. That's how we finish. For me, <laughs> for me, I I can't really say that it's a direct like, oh look, I'm doing this dominant thing, and suddenly I'm getting wet. It's it's. It's not, you know, from point A to point B. It's not from my mind straight to my crotch. It's more kind of takes the weird long route and maybe it makes me feel sexy later. Oh, or it, it, I get off on it in more of a power trip kind of way than uh, I'm feeling sexually aroused right at this moment kind of way, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I get wood. I just, yeah. like, for me, it's like, <laughs> it goes right to my cock. I start getting wood and I want to stick it in something right. warm. And Where, wet. like, I think about it later. <laughs> like, maybe it's a few hours later or the next day and I think about, like, Ooh, I was, I really like, you know, when you're in the zone, it's like the state of flow. Like I'm in that state of flow as a top and I'm really giving whatever my submissive has requested to them in the way they like, maybe they're like, I want to be terrified and I want to cry like a baby. And if I knew like I got in that zone and I did it perfectly, I get off on that. And maybe a few hours later or the next day, just thinking about like, man, I was in that zone. That's kind of what gets. See, me I off. think that's how women are in general. Yeah, I mean, we're more like yeah. into that fantasy mm-hmm. element than it is more of the the whole act itself. I don't know. It just it just makes I, the way you're talking makes me think of like that's how I am. Right. Of, like in terms of all sex. Right. Uh, it, yeah. Oh, okay. So for for me, I, I've realized recently that like in in through kissing, I realized this mm-hmm. that if I I can be aligned with someone like just purely sexually, and then I could be aligned with them like sexually. And emotionally, and when the two of them are combined, then it's like a huge, like the physical responses in me is like radically different. Right. Like I start feeling energy, like crazy electricity all through my body in different places. And But if it is just someone I find attractive, but I don't feel like an emotional connection with them, it will, I could just get wood and then, you know, I could have sex and it would be okay mm-hmm. but i know it'd be like infinitely better if i'm like if my mind was also like yes this is a good i feel full of life i feel like you know i'm empowered i can kind of what you were talking right, about right well, See, for me it's a little bit different simply because i like uh consensual objectification so there's people that just they want to be a cum dumpster for me uh, they want to be used they want me to be their daddy and then just dump them and go away uh, and it's the lack of emotional 
connection that is actually a sexy thing for me because this is somebody who and, and again I want to make sure that the word consensual is is like thrown in there and that's not just a catchphrase but I want to make sure that this person is somebody who wants to be treated in that way mm-hmm. and that's super hot for me so somebody who just wants to be my cum dumpster and then I don't have to have any other connection with them because I have an emotional connection with Sonny and we're poly we're kinky we do swinging stuff together we do BDSM stuff together we do all of these great things and I get something different out of a partner that I can be uh, like just objectify as opposed to her who I will not objectify mm. right. is, it, is this the way you always were from like childhood on or was it oh I've been a kinky mother like my first <laughs> sex act at the age of 12 years old was analingus and I choked somebody out with my legs um, that was like what? one of the what first do things think that I did. started that I mean all the all the porn that I was reading when I was a kid, like because they didn't have the internet then, because I'm fifth, almost fifty, and like back then it was like Playboys and Hustlers and like all these sorts of things, and I would really get off on a lot of the story. The dirtier, the filthier the magazine, the more that it was about bondage and domination, the more I enjoyed it. And then I started learning, teaching myself essentially advanced sexual techniques without knowing what that was at the time. But but. Why do you think you didn't just go to plain vanilla? I mean, it was still exciting when you're you know, 12 years old. For the first time seeing a you know, naked woman, probably just that in itself was exciting. Um, Why do you think you went to the, the edge? Because I'm pretty convinced, and there's a lot of studies that show this, that people that are invo- heavily involved in kink and BDSM is a form of sexual orientation, like being gay, straight, or hetero. Really? Uh, I'm sorry, gay, straight, or bi. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of studies that prove like, so for example, one of the things that I've done is I've been involved in studies that they test arousal well they they put um a a a pressure sensitive cuff around your cock and balls and then they show you porn now if they show cuz because I'm hetero I enjoy straight porn but if they're showing me just regular vanilla straight porn of people fucking I'm not going to get aroused if you mm-hmm. show me anybody that's being slapped or spanked and it doesn't matter what their gender is, I'm going to get aroused because hmm. that's something that is more kinky to me. That's something that is more of a sexual thing to me. And from the studies that they've done, they found that this may be true with you know a certain percentage of the population. They're not sure what that percentage is at this point, but they're looking at it at now as though BDSM is a sexual orientation. Where should I buy sex toys? Where should I buy sex toys? We all want to know where to buy sex toys, and we have the answer for you. It's called discreetadultlife.com. By the way, discreet is spelled D-I-S-K-R-E-T. Okay, this is the best place to buy sex toys because they choose only the finest, highest quality sex toys. They take them very seriously. And they a very take... limited amount. They don't overwhelm you like some of these superstores do. You know, you don't walk oh, into that. You know how indecisive I get when I walk into a goddamn superstore. I happen to glance over the front page of discreet and... I have 50% of their products. You got so excited when you saw the front page. I couldn't believe it. Well, you almost poured water all over our microphones. This is the best part. They price match. Plus, you get 15% off when you enter promo code MOM, meaning this is the cheapest place to buy the highest quality sex toys. Is this unbelievable? It's a great deal, and it's great quality. This is a twofer. Go to discreetadultlife.com, enter promo code MOM. That's D-I-S-K-R-E-T, adultlife.com. And and I found the same thing, you know, I was very vanilla until I was 35 and I thought something was wrong with me because I had these kinky feelings and I thought like, am I this way because I had some childhood trauma and, you know, something made me wrong and sick and, and then I really started thinking back to some of my earliest memories when I was two, three, four years old, but, you know, when I was still a clean slate and I'm like, these were always my inklings, like, mm. I'm actually suppressing kink that's in me, not because of, you know, something traumatic that happened in my life. You I'm suppressing how I naturally and, am. Yeah, didn't you, you know? do like the, the lesbian Barbie oh, bondage gosh. parties where I they had would torture lesbian, Ken? Um, I had 13 Barbies and one Ken. <laughs> and they, yeah, there were, there were, two, well, no, and they because have Ken, be Ken was very yeah. submissive. They kept him tied to the bed and they, they were, it was always if like. you have 13 women. I'm willing to be submissive. Well, that's okay. <laughs> it was always this is the early use, 80s. Use your breeding stock. That's, that's true. Fine. That's true. Time it was the early 80s. Breeding stock. So it was like there was a nuclear war, and they're the only people left in the Barbie townhome somehow survived, or there was a shipwreck, and they're on an island, and it's <laughs> always and they the have Barbie to, yacht was the only thing right, to survive. It's always <laughs> they have to repopulate the earth. So there were always two 
dominant mean lesbian Barbies. Both named Heather? <laughs> no, I don't know what their name But they like ran the Barbie Midge. island. They kept Ken. Yeah, they kept Ken tied to a bed and they would... What? They would fuck him like, you're going to impregnate me and we're going to pop- repopulate the world. And they tie him up and they do all they hit him. And then they would make all the other what is like 13 Barbies. So two were dominant. So 11 more Barbies were the submissive Barbies. <laughs> and they were like, you need to go fuck Ken right now and get <laughs> pregnant. And they'd be like, no, no. And no we do like beat them. And, and I'm like, wow. I was at the time. I'm like, that was really fucked up. And now I'm like, oh, my God, it makes so much sense. I have a question. Last night I was listening to Esther Perel's Where Should We Begin? Mm -hmm. Have you guys checked that out? I haven't and I want to. Unreal. Yeah, she's amazing. She's so good. For our listeners, she's a uh, sex therapist or couples therapist and she's like, she goes right towards the jugular. Yes. She gets right to the meat of the matter, so so to speak. So she'll take a couple and she'll start going through their whole journey and, and... so the the episode I was listening to last night was all about the, uh, this guy who has a cuckolding fetish, mm-hmm. and he was having like a ton of issues accepting it. And she says, uh, and and I just want to know how you guys feel about this. She goes, a fetish or a fantasy is a code for all of your beliefs and uh, desires, often that you're not willing to accept in, in consciously. And from there, she was like, you can find your problem and also your solution to whatever is deeply seated in there. I call bullshit. You call bullshit on that? Absolutely. I was going to say, that doesn't sound anything like what Ken was saying before. I, yeah. I, I Maybe for bullshit. some people that's the case, but I yeah. don't think that's an across the board thing Because that's, yeah, you can't say universally that well, that's the case. Because I know pathologizing people it is. for having their, their fetishes. Right. There's plenty of people that don't have a problem or an issue, and they may develop a distinct fetish where they're aroused by the smell of feet and the, and the shoes say, that are yeah. around them, and nobody's ever kicked them in the face. There is plenty of people that fetishize breasts, and uh, they, they want a motorboat. They want to suck on them. They want mm-hmm. to, like, lactation is a wonderful thing for these people. And it's not like anybody ever assaulted them I had a guy that wants to do, an, he, he said, is there something wrong with me? I have an armpit fetish and a wedgie fetish. It's, that's fairly normal. I'm like, that's nothing. Right. Can you an armpit fetish? Well, who cares? <laughs> right. This, this guy was, like, beating himself up about it. Right. And, I mean, that's not to say I think that some people do use their kink as kind of a therapeutic way to tap into something. There are some people that do do that. But to say that's everybody's case. Well, no, it might I not don't, have been. I don't agree she, with that. And she didn't say that's everybody's case. But she's, like, and th- she was kind of talking very universally about it, though. Okay. So I, I do see opinion, submissive though. men. I've seen a lot of submissive men um, kind of work out the things that the wrongs and the negative things that like toxic masculinity has done to them. So it's the, you know, you always have to be manly and strong. You have to be the provider and you, you know, all these things that are what it means to be a man oftentimes will play out in their kink. Maybe they have a cross-dressing fetish or they want to be feminized or, you know, sissification or um, maybe be used by women to only be a provider only for money. Yeah. You're working out some gender stuff that came from society. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. But that's, one specific type of case. But if she's talking about fetishes in particular, that's about arousal. It's not necessarily even something that you would think about with your conscious or super conscious you'd be thinking of that's more of a thing that's related to the id the the lizard part of your brain that's wired into like you don't yeah. know why it arouses you you just know the fact that it arouses totally you. Mm-hmm. yeah so we had uh, uh, something we'd like to bring up with you guys and maybe you can help us with this we had an um an email from one of our listeners and cam's going to pull it up here um and maybe you can help because we've had our own ideas about what what to recommend but we'd like to hear about mm-hmm. what you guys sure. would recommend So this listener says, Hi, Karen Lane Cam. I have a loaded question. I'm a recently divorced 26-year-old female and a survivor of domestic violence. I was raped by my husband quite a few times, routinely degraded and shamed about my body and appearance, and I feel like it has ruined my sex for me. I feel like I have absorbed all the nasty stuff my husband said about my body and my personality. I want to have sex and intimacy again, but I'm afraid of the emotions or feelings of self-consciousness or even panic I'll experience. I guess I'm saying I don't believe anyone who would want to have sex with me, but I know that it is somehow a lie. I've been trying to listen to sex podcasts to get inspiration and ideas, but it seems like most episodes are for people who are already in the midst of experiencing and embracing their sexuality, whereas I feel stuck wanting to have sex and intimacy but have no clue where to go and what to do after the experiences I've had. I know all this stuff takes time to work through, but I've been uh, celibate for a year and feeling like I want to put myself out there again. 
uh, thanks for all that you do with your podcast. You know, I will primarily let Sonny take most of this, but there's right. one issue I want to break up, and that's that sex and intimacy are not necessarily things that go hand in hand. You can have one before the other, and sometimes one leads to the other, and it doesn't have to be any particular order in which they occur. Mm-hmm. I think that if this person, I, I didn't catch their name, but if this person... I wasn't sure. Um, is going out just kind of generally in the world on Tinder or OkCupid or wherever looking for sexual partners that may satisfy this in them, I don't think they're going to have much luck. However, if she approaches this in a way where she can find someone who is, you know, and I'll use the generic term, more sex positive or more in tune with some of the emotional things and just be straightforward. Like Mm -hmm. I'm having a hard time here, are all of my insecurities. Here's, here's my past. Here's all of the, the bad things that happened. Here are the things I'm having trouble with. Now I can't tell from that email whether this person would be willing to explore even a little bit of kink but some things that we've done in a kinky setting let's say this is a public uh like a dungeon party where there's other people and again this might not be suitable but just a suggestion um we have had people that have you know afraid to show their body or very insecure about themselves we've had almost like a the opposite of a dom being like you know you must submit it's like you're awesome you're beautiful. Oh, and really? we get other people maybe writing on their body with a marker. Oh, wow. Yeah, that like, would be so good for y- her, Like, you know, your curves are beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, I love this part of you. You're a special person. You're valuable. You mean something. That makes me, like, want to cry. I think right. that's such a wonderful thing well, there's, to do. there's mm-hmm. people involved in BDSM and kink tend to be the best communicators out there. There's a we lot of that, evidence yeah. that actually shows this. Um, like clown play is another good example of this. The co- the most common type of person that wants to play with me is somebody that does have a fear of clowns. Now, my job as a dominant wow. most times is not to make that person scared. It is more, I would like to help them come to terms with their problem with coulrophobia. And so oftentimes what I'll do is I'll start putting, I'll set them down in a chair, put them in front of a mirror. And I'll make them the clown. Mm. And that's one of the things that we start with first. So we're desensitizing them. Systematic desensitization. Exactly. So we, there are many ways that you can do what this person is requesting. But I think that a really good first step is to get therapy. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that that's, that's good what for I everybody. Think, yeah, she needs this. Yeah. It's, I think to throw her into any kind of fetish thing without. Right. Yeah. You know, I think okay. she mm-hmm. really seems to be majorly messed you, up. You yeah. can't build a house if yeah. you don't have a foundation. Yeah. And right now she's crumbling and she needs to have that foundation yeah. first. And mental health professionals, especially ones that are tied in to sex positivity. Um, mm-hmm. So if you go to any of the organizations that promote that there's like a, what are some of the organizations you can think of? I I'm not sure. What I, I'm sure she can find That's yeah. what I was thinking a oh, group like of the, uh, the, the, the ones that recommend psychologists for sexuality. I don't know what you, um, am I having a brain fart? Yes. You're having a brain yeah. fart. BB. <laughs> These two are cute. So BB cute. Blue eyes. You are totally, I having, am a totally brain, having a brain fart. SPF. Oh, 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 like NCFS? Thank you, NCFS. (laughs) (laughs) We had a double senior moment. That was so cute. That was so cute, though. You the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom. <laughs> yes, yes. National so the National for sexual... Coalition for Sexual Freedom uh, has a, um, a a kink aware and sex positive uh, <laughs> professionals <laughs> list. That's what he was talking about. It took us a minute, and so you can find a psychologist that is more because a lot of a lot of therapists and psychologists kind of gloss over the sex part like yeah. a, you know you, need you can't be guaranteed not familiar with right, right you can't be guaranteed to find someone that'll really dig into the sex part with you and it doesn't necessarily have to be someone that's kink aware because she might not end up being right. kinky but someone that's at least willing to go deep on the sex part with you and and, and help her heal she needs yes to yeah and the other thing is that most physicians and psychologists maybe only have 30 hours of training if that oh, with wow. sexual, we train we train physicians. doctors and psychologists so yeah. we've trained physicians at places like UCLA right. like because I want to say she's, she's a awesome rape victim she needs right. help with that and I want yeah. I want to say like um, physicians for example are required to only have something like five hours of sex education which is ridiculous so we'll go in like we did UCLA medical school and whatnot and a lot of different sexuality educators will go to medical schools to dive a little bit deeper into 
being sensitive. You know, if she brought this up to a physician, they might be like, ah, and say something completely yeah. inappropriate. But I, de- I definitely think that this particular one needs some serious. Yeah. Yes. Whereas an ASEC certified like yeah. psychotherapist would have a better understanding of what the foundation of what is causing her issues and how to resolve it a little bit better. I wanted to know, you guys have such a wild life. It's, it's so full. <laughs> it's such a good relationship. And I'm just, that, this is like amazing to see the two of you, even just the way you connected on trying to figure out that name. I love this. It was, it's a really wonderful relationship. I mean, and, 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 I, I, you were going to ask that question, but I want to know about the, the jealousy aspect as well. I mean, if there's any jealousy with you guys. Oh, well, wait, first of all, jealousy is a normal no? and natural emotion. And, with us, like I have a girlfriend, uh, she's a great lady. Uh, her name is Lily. She's from Ohio, and right now I don't have any submissives at all. But I have a girlfriend at the moment, and every time that I talk with Lily, I want to make sure that she doesn't have any jealousy issues. But first and foremost, Sunny is my primary partner, and I want to make sure that no matter what goes on, that she is informed of everything that we're doing. She's friends with Lily. She plays with Lily as well. Um, and just let her, let Lily and I have a closer connection than, than Lily and Sonny do at this moment. Yeah. And every time, like, I think almost every day I check in with you mm-hmm. just to make sure that, how are you feeling? Does this seem like a cool thing? Oh, wow. You know, this is what we're planning on doing. Does this, is this okay with you? Right. And then I check or, with Lily to make sure it's okay with her. And he also reassures me like, you know, not like, Hey, is this okay? And the expectation is that I say, yes, he'll reassure me like, it's okay if you say no. It's okay. There's if no, it's and a I tell her there's no wrong it's, answer. You know, like if, I, and, and if I you sure said I'm not okay, would you stop doing it? We would talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would. We would talk about what's going on. I can't say I that would I would stop doing it. It would, it would yeah. depend on the reason why, because she's never in like all the years we've been together. Like there's been one or two where she's like, well, maybe you want to use two condoms for her. Oh, that isn't like, really. Yes, wait, no, I'd be you don't do that. that, yes. that isn't, and she yeah. was being facetious, and at that point, I'm like, okay, if you if you have even a minor concern, I don't need this person in my life. To in my experience, though, once I have an established relationship with somebody, and Sunny is okay with it, and it's past, I would say, like past the two or three week mark at this point, um, you know, she she would know by that point whether or not this person was respectful of her feelings, communicated with her in a healthy way, treated me in a way that she liked, and was honest and open with the both of us. Because if there's somebody who has issues with communication or honesty, I don't want them in my life at all. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I, and and jealousy is like, you know, like Ken said, it's a normal thing. Oftentimes when jealousy presents itself, it's an indicator that there is something missing between us, not that this other person is causing a thing. Oh, wow. And so oftentimes, and I've learned the hard way. This is actually my first open relationship. I had always wanted an open relationship. And, and we started a relationship as an open relationship. Right. So yeah. this wasn't a Band-Aid that right. we applied to a failed relationship. Nine? Nine. Okay. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And I had always wanted one, but my previous partners were like, oh, that means you don't love me. And, oh, they, it was just not a good idea with them. So I learned early on, you kind of have to learn what your own boundaries are the hard way. I learned that if he has another partner, I'm not one of those don't ask, don't tell. I want to know. Tell me everything about your date. Tell me. <laughs> I want to know all the details. Right, you I want to meet it, them. I want to yeah. know them. I w- you know, that sort of thing. That makes you less jealous. Exactly. Because you know and what's for going other on. people, it could be the complete opposite. You know, no, that, I, I, no, you have to be open and communicating about it. And if you don't, then all this. this exactly. Then you get the mind fucked. Then you're kind you of. You know what's kind of interesting, though? As I age, my memory is going a little bit. And there's times when I have forgotten to tell you something, but it's not out of malice. It's because I'm old and I fucking forgot. Yeah, you're not that old. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. Like, nice excuse. Um, I, I've realized when when jealousy happens, it's usually almost always I feel like he's not giving me enough and like they're getting something that I also should be getting, but I'm not getting my share. So the solution to that isn't make that other person go away. Oh, it's just, spend more. more time with yeah. me. Let's have a date night. Let's, you know, schedule some time to connect because it's been a crazy, you know, couple of months and we haven't connected as much as we should. And one of the things that I always try to do, no matter what, is I ask her about two to three times a week, hey, do you want to go do thing X, Y, or Z? Like, just you and me will go out and do something. And if she has time, great, we do it. If not, she doesn't. But either way, we've tried to communicate and contact in that way. 
and we have a great time when we go out and do stuff. But I understand when she yeah. can't do it. And that's one of the great things about having another partner is that it's not about sex all the time. Sometimes my girlfriend, uh, she comes up to Chicago to do gaming stuff. And it may have nothing to do with sex or sexuality in any way, shape, or it's form. It's a friend that you want to right. do. Yeah, we, and it's we a want to play board to games or role-playing games. Because sure. I don't have to be everything. And, and, and Are you, you the know. same with him when, when you have a partner? I don't like, okay, so we're different in ways that he likes to have this like big connection that takes a lot of management and a lot of time. I'm a mom. I've given people my emotional labor. I don't have partners where I'm like, you're my girlfriend, you're my boyfriend, and we talk every day. I don't have time for that shit. It's just not my thing. But can you just have a fling with someone? Yes, yes. I have flings with friends. I don't like to have flings with strangers. It's with Mm -hmm. people I know, but it's the type of people like, we're partners, and maybe we don't talk for two months, and it's totally cool. And then, you know, we're in the same place at the same time and we connect again. You know, that's what I like. Did you ever get jealous of that? No, never. Like, I, in fact, I want her to have more good sex. I encourage her to do more Oh, he more sets up the more. bedroom. He, like, facilitates, like, she, Yeah, she's had partners so, come yeah. over. Well, like, I used to be a sous chef, so I'll cook, like, something amazing for them. And I'll have, oh like, a little utility belt with, like, lubes and condom and toys. And I'll get them whatever <laughs> they need. And I'm happy to help out. Um, and do you then watch? I'll, I don't need to. If they if they invite me in, that's fine. If not, I'll go up and play video games. So <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. What, whatever's good for her. Like right. I want her to have good sex, and that may not include me, and that's fine. So it's out of love for her that you're like, well, it's fun to have sex, and it yeah. feels good, and you should have as much yeah. that you want. Is yeah. that is that the general? I would idea? say that's fair. I mean, it, I just look at it as a biological function. I don't look at it as this is the the means and ends to our relationship. Does it spice up your relationship even more when you when you know she had a really good sex with someone else? Not really. Yeah, I mean, most, cool. of the, most of the people's answers, I think, would be automatically yes. With me, I'm happy that she's happy, but I wouldn't say that it spices up our relationship. I think what spices up our relationship is the connection between her and I directly. Things that are ancillary or adjacent to that are things that make her happy and healthy, and she has a great sexuality, and I want her to do those things, but it doesn't affect me either way. Like I, I actually enjoy like when I get to have sex with her and play with her. That's that's more meaningful right. to me. I don't know how. About that's what I mean. I'm just happy if when you're happy. Yeah. You know, oh. if you're if you're happy, if you went and had good sex or a great weekend away, you're going to come home in a better frame of mind. You're going to be a happier. Oh, I'm person. a grumpy bastard. I love you. Yeah, so. I want you to be happy. And also, it's you know a little selfish because when you're happy, then you're nice. And you know, what if he has this like crazy wild time and doesn't sleep all night, and then he comes home and he's cranky to you. That's, That's never, never happened. happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, From sleep depth. It's pretty clear, like, because you guys have such alternative lifestyles and, and, and preferences, that the co- the communication that it opens up between you two is incredible. It, it must bring you guys so close. It, it It's a necessity. You have to, you know, and there are... Almost everyone hates when you're in a relationship and there's the thing that you have to talk about. No, you know, kind of like, honey, you know, sit down. We have to have a talk. One of those moments, like oh, people God, like their heart freezes shit. up. Yeah. But we there sometimes we have to do that because we're working out some jealousy thing or there's a thing we have to talk about. And it's. You know, we've had hard conversations and each time they get easier. And now it's like it's not like. The, the air in the room stops moving and our hearts stop beating. It's like, we have to talk. It's it's just like talking about the weather. Yeah. Like, it just becomes so normal to communicate that deeply and honestly that it's, it's awesome. a benefit. I mean, half the times yeah. I'll be out at a, you know, like, I'll be out for a night and uh, if a girl comes up to me, she goes, hey, would you like a blowjob? I'm like, oh, maybe, yeah, I would like a blowjob. Let me call my wife and see if it's okay. Wow. Yeah. And then I call her up and I say, hey, Sonny, this girl that I just met wants to give me a blowjob. <laughs> Is that okay? And, you know, most of the time she's like, yeah, have good sex. Bye. And she's sleeping and listening. Yeah, like, why phone. did you wake me up? <laughs> but well, it's because our agreement is I want to call right. and talk to her. And like people get freaked out about that because we have such open and honest communication. The only thing I'm scared about, I'm sure you were thinking the same thing, is it's just you're presenting a lot more opportunity for diseases. That is the only thing. I mean, like you don't even know if like you're getting a blowjob if the girl has herpes or anything like that. And that can happen. Well, you know, what? we we don't look as... First of all, STIs are not something that are shameful. Nobody intends on getting an STI, and especially something like HPV, that's cancer. Nobody would ever say, wow, that, you know, cancer is a negative thing. And I don't, it tells us how to prepare for the sex mm-hmm. more than anything else. But I also, we have an agreement, I don't have unsafe sex with anybody right. other than Sonny. So, so I use a condom every single right, time, right. and I get tested every right. like six weeks because right. I'm a veteran and I go to the VA. 
Um, we have a talk, but like, so when I get a blowjob from somebody at the bar, for example, I do have a talk with them about consent, health, and then we negotiate the blowjob before it's done. Right. So if somebody has HSV2 and they're not having a current outbreak, I'm still, I'm having a condom on either way, but I want to be aware of what they have and and what's going on. And there, there have been actually quite a few studies that indicate that people who are in, you know, open sex positive communities do get tested more often, do talk, do have more safer sex. Like for instance, when I'm putting my fingers in, you know, maybe not on a cock, but on, uh, you know, someone's vulva or vagina, I wear gloves. Like I'm not just like, woo, everyone get in there. You know, like we're very, very cognizant of safer sex. Yes, it's safer. It's not completely 100% safe, but statistics show that people in those type of communities that get tested often that are very used to talking to their partners are, actually have less rates of STIs yeah, than like the your porn community. Yeah. No, they, yeah. well then like a monogamous couple. Monogamous couples oh. are 12 more 12 times more likely to get an STI. Cuz someone's going to go somebody, out and cheat right, and they're not gonna going to use a condom, they don't get tested. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So when a monogamous person a, and I'm putting this in quotation marks, a monogamous person when they go out and they have sex with somebody else, they're doing it as cheating and they usually bareback. They usually and don't no, use condoms. You know, it's amazing to me that I hear those stories. I'm like, "What?" And it's they, way they, more they common. Think, oh, well, it only happened once, so it's not going to... I mean, no. That hey, no, that's exactly right. right. And that's like with us, every single time it's negotiated, every single time there's condom sure. or dental dams being used, every gloves, single time... Yeah. Or gloves. I'm every, glad we brought all this time. up because I was always curious about the if you wear gloves or... Because yeah. that would be my major concern. I interrupted you before. You had a question that you were going with. Oh, yeah. And I think this we should wrap it up right after this. So Sure. Uh do, so how much do you, you guys have kids? How mm-hmm. much how much do you guys share with your kids about all this? Well, they, our, our kids are almost 23 and almost 17. So they're older. They know everything. Yeah. I mean, they don't know details. They don't know <laughs> no, like, hey, mom went specifics. out and got fucked last night. Like, they don't know that. <laughs> but, you know, but, but they, they know, know that I have a girlfriend. Right. They, they know that we have uh, multiple partners. Our youngest has just found out that like many of her babysitters were my old submissives or, or sexual partners oh, in some wow. capacity. Oh, my God. So what did she say? Or he. She yeah. figured. She figured. <laughs> she figured most of it because, like, I, you know, like it was interesting when we came out to the kids that both of them were like, "Yeah, we knew that." Right. It's kind of like when when a gay kid comes out to the parents and the parents like, "I knew this for years, honey." They were kind of like that. They were like, oh, "Duh." Wow. You know? But we don't we don't talk about our relationships with other people. We don't put it in their face. We don't talk about the sexuality part in front of them. We just talk about the relationship part with uh. them. So they might understand that I have a submissive and they know what that means. We might talk about me having a girlfriend and they know what that means, but they don't need to know the specifics of how I get my dick sucked or get my salad tossed. Those are things that they don't need to know. Even if they were 50, they don't need to know that. How, yeah. how open are they about their sex life to you? Um, Pretty open. Pretty open. Yeah. Like when they yeah. have questions, they come to like mostly sunny. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty open. They, they come you to know. me for some stuff. Like it's like if there's more gender, like more male gendered things they tend to come to me for that but most of the time they come to yeah, sunny they talk to mom yeah, well are, are, are they your kids from yeah from, they're her kids i'm doing the math i'm like you said they're they're teenagers and that was nine years so it didn't didn't add up Correct. Okay, right I got right it. but I, i'm the only male figure in both of their lives okay. and have been for like almost a decade at this right. point mm-hmm. yeah. we always end with the same question which is have <laughs> you walked in on either your kids or parents or have they walked in on you having sex Oh, I have walked in on my mother. I found my mother's dildo under her bed. This was like in the 80s. And I was like looking for the cat was hiding. And I reached under her bed and pulled out the most gigantic dildo with <laughs> balls. And I had never even seen it. I was like 12. Yeah, and I, just, I was like, fuck? reach, reach. What's this? It feels kind of rubbery. And I took it out and I was like, Bleh! <laughs> yeah. And for me, it was slightly different. Um, I was a huge reader. I was a nerd as a kid and played Dungeons and Dragons, and I read everything I could get my hands on, especially science. So I had this habit of reading books with a flashlight under the covers in my bedroom. And my mom came in one night, and I wasn't reading a science book. Instead, I was like looking at a BDSM magazine and looking <laughs> at somebody getting choked out, and I was masturbating. And she comes in and she says, You put that book down, and she smacks me right in the cock. Oh, oh my that God. is the best story I think we've ever heard. <laughs> we have so and and I bent over and she's like, Oh, that's not a book or a flashlight, and just turned around <laughs> and went the other way. Oh, she says, Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. 
That is hilarious. She didn't mean to do it, but it was pretty hilarious at the time. Holy hell. That's awesome. And and that your kids have not walked in on you guys. No. No. um, I mean, they know not to come in the bedroom unless they're uninvited. Unless they want to find a dungeon. We're we're actually pretty good about not having sex while they're in the house or, you know, or or like awake and right outside our door. Yeah. Because I can't even let the cat watch me, let alone the kids. So I'm not well, going to no, take well, that chance. Well, you let the kids watch you, but at least well, you know what be I'm in saying. the house and here. Yeah, I don't, want them yeah. To, I don't want to even want to take the chance. Right. I don't want to take the chance of them like accidentally walking in. And like I don't want the cat or the dog watching me. So like I will wait until it's an appropriate time. Right. Or do it at a time and place when they're not there. Gotcha. Well, thank you guys so much for coming incredibly on. Well, thank you for having us on. Awesome interview. Yay. Yeah, so thank awesome. you. This has been amazing. Yeah. Uh, do you plug plug your stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, I got my butt plug right here. I'm gonna plug. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't think we were at this level of our friendship. We just yes, met. Butt plug no. up. <laughs> so uh, you can visit our podcast or listen to our podcast, americansexpodcast.com or just American Sex Podcast on you know iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all the places. Uh, SunnyMegatron.com is where you can pretty much find all of our writing and everything about what we do. Uh, what was the sex other thing? Sunny oh, Mug- Sex with Sunny Megatron <laughs> on Showtime. It's available on demand, so just go to your Showtime app and put in Sex with Sunny Megatron. And our other show is Outside the Box with Sunny Megatron, which is occasionally available on platforms like Amazon. It yeah, is it's like comes on, and goes on comes Amazon. Comes and goes, like yeah. currently not on anywhere, but it will be back at some point. And then uh, social media, I'm just at text Sunny Megatron, S-U-N-N-Y, M-A-G-A-T-R-O-N, and Ken is Psy Chicken or Psychic Ken. Either one, P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Uh, you can also find us at a variety of places at conferences around the United States. Yeah. Awesome. Hooray. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.